You're listening to a special podcast produced by UMFM 101.5 in partnership with the Winnipeg Folk Festival. Running Thursday, July 7th through Sunday, July 10th at picturesque Birds Hill Park, Winnipeg Folk Festival is a celebration of people and music that has been one of North America's premier outdoor music festivals for over 40 years. I'm Michael Owls, host of Thank God It's Free Range, and this episode spotlights Keaton's weapon. Last year's winner of the Polaris Prize for his album Parallel World, more recently, Cadence Weapon, a.k.a. Rolly Pemberton, released a memoir called Bedroom Rapper that has drawn acclaim and chronicles his life and career in the Canadian music industry. Cadence Weapon plays Big Blue at night on Saturday, July 9th at 11pm. For a full lineup, a complete list of set times, to purchase tickets, and for more information on the Winnipeg Folk Festival, visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca. Coming to the Winnipeg Folk Festival, Cadence Weapon, fresh off of the Polaris Prize for Parallel World. Welcome to the show. What's good? Uh, I, I just read your book, Bedroom Rapper, and you talk about having never played Edmonton Folk Fest. <laughs> and I look back, you played Jazz Fest here in Winnipeg, but this is your first Winnipeg Folk Festival, if I'm not mistaken. Have I not played Folk Fest before? I, th- I, was, I, I, I googled your name and, and Folk Fest and came up with this year, but what? I didn't see... 
you might be right. I think, um, yeah, because I, I played Winnipeg Jazz Fest like in 2004 or five or something. You've, like, done, you've very, done a few, actually. Yeah, yeah, because I, I actually write about it in the book. Folk Fest, I mean, it's, it's a large banner uh, in terms of like a wide scope of music. Uh, even though Edmonton doesn't seem fit to to, to book you, but uh, I'd love to talk about that. Actually, um, it is so weird that I've never been booked for Edmonton Folk Fest. I, you know, I don't get it. it you know, they they book local artists, you know, mm-hmm. of all kinds of different genres, but for some reason, you know, they, you know, it's the biggest festival in town. I would, I will do anything to play it. And you're ride or die Edmonton. I mean, like your music, yeah. you write about Oliver Square. You write about places. You were the poet laureate of that city. It, it doesn't what make sense. What is folk music? What is folk music really? Music it's by our, folk. Is music by folk, and it's it's an oral tradition. It's oral yeah. star- storytelling. Bob Dylan, like you know, Leonard Cohen. Like I feel like I'm in that lineage, even though I'm rapping. But you know, there's still some people out there who don't consider it folk enough. I mean, it's really interesting because, like, obviously, spoken word artists without the turntables behind them. I can remember seeing like Utah Phillips, mm-hmm. like years and years ago when I was a kid, and being like, "Oh wait, like spoken word is like rap without the beats." Absolutely. So you must have like an affinity, and I know you're a voracious listener to a lot of different styles of music. Going to a folk fest has to be probably like a really great experience for you if you have the time to not just perform but like stand backstage and and watch some other artists because because oh, of the like it. kind of diversity of it I love it I love it that's exactly what I like is like the diversity and to just kind of catch different vibes and I love being involved with like workshops where I get to perform with other artists like um I remember I performed with Bernie Worrell from Funkadelic mm. in Calgary Folk Fest in like 2012 or something and that was such a crazy experience because, you know, my, my parents are fanatical Funkadelic fans and just getting to get on stage and rap with him on the keys and stuff. Like, it's just amazing. Yeah. Those folk fests, like, I mean, obviously that's, I think more so even than the main stage kind of performances, those workshops is where the magic happens because you've got these one-off collaborations and, you know, maybe an artist goes on stage, they do their set, but when they have to like talk to some other artists and work out what they're going to do right then and there. It sounds like the same kind of vibe that you've had relationship wise with like with your DJ and stuff and doing some like impromptu drops and, and them, you know, you write in your book, bedroom rapper about working with DJ co-op who you will have at folk fest and him dropping in references and callbacks and, and those kinds of really kind of interplay type musical moments. And I, mm-hmm. I have to imagine that the opportunity to do that with some other artists is no less engaging for someone like yourself and your approach to music. I mean, I love that. You know, I feel like music is a conversation, you know, like I feel like it doesn't have to be one thing. Like, I feel like the whole idea of genre is just a thing that they made up to sell records. You know, it's like they found out, you know, oh, yeah, people like trap music. Uh, so this group of people are going to buy it because it has a name or whatever. But I feel like all music is really just... It's in conversation with itself. It's that universal heartbeat I talk about in the in the book. It's this idea of like, you know, I see myself in Bruce Springsteen as much as I see myself in like Nas, you know? So I feel like any opportunity to, you know, 
show the connections between the genres by playing with different kinds of musicians is like really welcomed by me. Right. Now, building a set for something like Folkfest for your actual like Cadence Weapon performance, what kind of thought goes into what what's on the agenda, what's on, on the set list? And thinking about, you know, a club has a vibe that's much different than like a stage in, a, in the middle of a field, right? Like, and, and you've mm-hmm. done DJ sets in warehouses and you've done DJ sets in the middle of the woods. Like, you know mm-hmm. that those two play differently. Absolutely. You know, for me, it's in a situation like a folk fest or something, I, I think of how to interact with the crowd because I feel like it's more of um, a social environment. So, you know, more call and response, you know, we're going to have little routines and there's going to be a lot of fun stuff in there, you know? And it's like, I, I even, one of the things I'm going to be doing is like, I'll be telling stories as well. You know, this is, um, especially with the book out, you know, I feel like it's a good opportunity to just kind of, you know, uh, speak to people and just, I think, you know, there's this idea. It's like, okay, Cadence Weapon is a rap project. I make rap music and people think, okay, so it's like going to be, you know, this guy rapping over beats and it's going to be, a particular way that maybe you know people sometimes think all rap is the same or whatever but for me my show is not just a rap show like it's it's like an open-ended experience that is really hard to describe until you've seen it so i think i think people will be really surprised by what you know the takeaway that they get from the show right obviously you know you just recently released parallel world won the polaris is there pressure to like focus on that record or do you feel like free to just kind of go backwards or explore kind of the the catalog because i mean you got several albums to your name now like how do you kind of incorporate older work or figure out kind of what the focus is yeah definitely right now it's a bit heavier on the parallel world stuff but yeah i try and have uh, at least one song from every album and i feel like you know especially in this circumstance where you know there might be like some older fans of mine who like have come and seen me many times or people who are more aware of my music. It's a great opportunity to bring out some of those older songs. You know, like I definitely feel like, you know, I play conditioning a lot at places like this and get people clapping along and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of opportunities with the older songs to get people involved. Right. Now let's talk a little bit about making parallel world. This was a a record of course crafted during COVID. Like, yeah. like many records that are just dropping or, or recently released. And you wrote the book at the same time. So in terms of balancing the two and how you divided your, your creative energies or how you found the ability to like switch gears or, or brain patterns to, to create a record versus, you know, a, a narrative in a memoir. Yeah, it was pretty wild because at that time I was just so productive, you know, and I was really focused and in a way that I haven't been able to be for maybe 15 years or something since I was like living at my mom's house, you know, and I was just making beats for the first time, you know, and I kind of tapped back into that when I was working on the book and the album. But for me, it was really, I would just go running. I would, I'd be jogging and I'd get all these ideas and I'd be like, okay, oh, sometimes it would just be book ideas. Other times it would be lyrics, but you know, I just sort them away. Like I'd record voice notes or, you know, write down in my notes app, you know, and, and it was just like tumbling out, like the more um, I would run and the more I would, you know, read. That was another thing is like I was reading so much at that time, like a lot of books. And, you know, I was just constantly inspired, you know, and it was a, a kind of just a closed feedback loop of just myself 
learning new things and applying them in not just the record, but also the book. Reading, was it fiction, nonfiction, combo? It's mostly nonfiction. Yeah, it's just, um, I was reading like a lot of books about um, racism and stuff, you know, like that. You know, I I wasn't really a, a huge reader when I was younger, you know, and I think it's really since I've been with my now fiance and she has the habit of reading before going to bed and she's always uh, got a, a book on the go. And I think that really inspired me. So I, yeah, I was reading, um, here's some examples. Um, uh, the Skin We're In uh, by Desmond Cole. Mm -hmm. Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race by uh, Rennie Edo Lodge. I really, oh, what is that book? It's called, um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's, it's Just Us, An American Conversation by Claudia Rankin. Hmm. That book was crazy and really inspired me a lot. Oh, I haven't read that one. I'll have to put that on my, my reading list. Definitely. So obviously the, the album speaks to a lot of the topics that were going on and, and sounds like you drew on some of the, the reflections you might have had in, in reading books like this, in writing the lyrics on, on Parallel World. You mentioned yeah. you know, you're doing your running and then things <clears> pop into your head. So I have to imagine it's not necessarily conscious that you're working through it. It's it's like the subconscious is is writing this in some way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't really have opportunities usually to take in a lot of uh, media or just like get opportunities to just read or anything like that, you know, typically because like I'll just be so on the go like the way I am right now. Mm -hmm. But um, that that was a really cool period of time where I was able to really absorb things kind of sort them in my mind and then other ideas would come from that you know and it wasn't just books it was like just everything like i was watching so much tv because we were in quarantine so it was like i was really inspired by like a lot of stand-up comedy strangely enough you know i didn't expect that but like i was, I was looking at old like Chappelle specials and like chris rock and richard pryor and like just this idea of um the way they would like take these like big concepts about race and you know, uh, make them come across in really like subtle ways, like in really succinct ways, you know, um, or like how they would uh, kind of subvert expectations, you know, or like kind of play with ideas like that. You know, that was uh, that was a big thing for me. Um, oh, yeah. And watching the show, uh, I May Destroy You. Oh, yeah. Um, I was really inspired by that just because of just the artistry of it, you know, and just seeing someone's like full self as an artist uh represented was just like you know that that got me fired up to see someone fully embody their own story and fictionalize it but draw it in such a deeply personal way yeah exactly it's, and i think just like the world building of it too was like you know that was the thing with parallel world is like that's what i wanted to do i wanted to create this alternate reality you know and and just talk about what I wanted to talk about and just have, you know, and you're the captive audience for it, you know? So it's, I almost thought of it in terms of like a visual experience rather than, you know, like an album, like, you know, it's, it's, it's I felt like I was making a film or, or even like, it's like a book in a lot of ways. Cause I feel like there's like references. So the, in a, in a nonfiction book, you'd have like kind of the text, but then you'd have like, you know, the asterisks and the, the footnote, that kind of like idea. 
Yeah, yeah. Like it's like I actually even um, put on my newsletter on Substack um, a syllabus for Parallel World for the album. So it was like all these things that you can read or listen to or watch that um, informed the album. Okay, well, we're going to link to that Substack uh, syllabus then when we post this uh, this interview. Did you, like, at a certain point with the songs, realize, okay, these all fit within this kind of overarching theme? Or did you kind of come up with the theme and start to kind of, like, shunt the songs towards that in some sense? Like, which kind of predated the other? Well, the way it worked for me was I'd just be writing the songs and I was noticing there were some similarities between them. And then when I'm in album mode, you know, and I'm waiting for, like, something consistent to emerge... Um, I know when it's happening and suddenly there was like this really extreme burst of energy where I was like recording like almost every day and you know the whole album you know comes from like a a really specific stretch of um, like the summer fall of 2020 where I was just like so single-minded into this world and it's like I was just trying to like push myself more and more to be like you know like you know talk about race in you know, an interesting way on this song or like, you know, just be totally honest about how I felt in the past. You know, I was just really pushing myself to, uh, you know, just uh, go to the next level with the way that I approached it. Right. Exploring race, obviously coming out of what happened with George Floyd being murdered in the summer of 2020. And then there was some like Canadian kind of like, ah, holier than thou vibes for a little bit. And then what started to come out about the residential schools and and the mass graves, you had your own experiences growing up and you write about some of this in, in bedroom rapper that like this, this is, it's there and it's, it's not latent. It's, it's on the surface at times exploring that again in the context of that and writing through that, like, is that a, a difficult thing to do? Is it a cathartic thing to do? What's, what's the emotional state of, of writing material on parallel world well you know interestingly um it was very empowering and i actually found it um very funny that's the thing about like parallel world is like i i find it a lot of even though i'm talking about these very serious subjects like there's there's a lot of uh tongue-in-cheek moments and kind of uh there's truth in jest you know like i felt like i i was just having a lot of fun doing it and i was like you know it's like how far can i push push people you know it's like i'm gonna diss the prime minister like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like that was um the way i perceived it you know but it's like obviously you know when i've been doing interviews or talking about the album afterwards you know it's like you know it's obviously coming in during a very heavy time and it's very serious subjects but you know i feel like that you know all the all great messages are uh, are transmitted in ways that people can understand excessively. You know, and I try to learn how to, you know, make my music, which is inherently outsider music. Everything I do is outsider stuff. Um, and just bring it to a place where people can appreciate it. You know, it's like, that's the other thing is like, you, yeah, so many people perceive the album as being like, oh, it's like, it's this dystopian sounding you know really dark album about these serious subjects but to me it's like quite funny and the music is uh just the way i like my music <laughs> to me it's like just the way i i see the world you know and that's like just normal to me 
sounds like also maybe like that playful nature, like the like seeing it as a, as amusing is is coming out of you know watching Chappelle or Pryor tackle these things, right? Like that that pivot or like pushback from from a racist event to make mockery of it or to point out its its ridiculousness through comedy or humor. Exactly, is, is the Definitely. response you choose. So then you make it free of expectation, but the the album ends up winning the Polaris. Like, what kind of impact does that have on you? as a creator, as a, as like someone thinking about, you know, future projects, like what, what does that do to the mind? Well, really it, you know, winning Polaris prize, you know, it changed my life, you know, it, you know, I never won anything like that. It put me on a different kind of level where I get compared to Buffy St. Marie and arcade fire and Kate Renata and all these like big artists. I feel like I've worked towards winning that for a while, you know, with previous albums, and I really did feel very gratified that it happened to be this particular album because it's like the album that I put the most of myself into and was totally uncompromising and, you know, talked about like, you know, what it used to be considered kind of taboo subjects. And then it, for it to be embraced was just like made me so happy. But I think going forward, it's definitely, you know, I don't really feel um, pressure around stuff like that. Like, I feel like I'm gonna make the music I'm gonna make and I have such a clear vision for what I wanna do all the time that it's not, you know, like I'm not thinking like, oh damn, you know, like honestly, I wouldn't, you know, I feel like I can, I wanna, I wanna put, make it hard for people. Mm -hmm. I, wanna, I wanna make it hard for people because no one has won Polaris twice. There you go. Before we let you go, really, I want to get you to pick a track off of Parallel World we can play for listeners. And if you have a reason why you're picking it or an anecdote about it, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's play Connect. Um, so Connect, I feel like, is the song on the album that really points the way to where my music is going now. Um, it's a song about social media and being in the echo chamber and, you know, how it affects our, our real world lives. You know, and that's a theme that I'm returning to a lot now. And I feel like it's the song maybe I'm most proud of on the album. Did that come out of like the internet talk around subjects of like race? And, and when did you write that? And like, what was it kind of in response to, right? Because like, obviously everyone kind of was like in their own homes and then they were only connecting via social media as a result of COVID. But I, I know what you feel about like, like an echo chamber that like, I remember the last like civic election here in Winnipeg, I fully thought because of all the people that I follow that a certain <laughs> voting thing was going to go one way. And then it was like, Oh wow. I clearly don't follow a lot of people that vote and think differently. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that, you know, this idea of like, we're all in our own bubbles and, you know, is it, for me, it's, you know, a lot of it is like Twitter is kind of like my Twitter feed. It's like me screaming into the void about all this stuff, you know, and that's, it's a sonic representation of that. Mm. For me, I was really, you know, inspired by the fact that like, you know, everyone's on zoom all day everyone is you know the way we were interacting at at that point was just totally isolated and virtual and just trying to you know regain that real world connection in some way you know and that that was like something you know and also just seeing um the kind of me too stuff you know mm -hmm. like i was thinking about how you know this idea of like social death of um of you know being canceled into oblivion and you know the the idea of like how how sometimes it's like people especially on twitter it becomes this like a mob mentality where people like really want to pile on and um just see someone like fall 
you know, and it doesn't matter why or like whether it's true or like whatever. And it's like, I'm not, obviously I'm not, you know, I'm not like anti me too or anything like, you know, just to clarify, but right. I, I certainly don't get like, that sense from your writing. So no, no, <laughs> no. But it's just like, I feel like there's this, um, this impulse for people to try and like score points against each other online, you know, and it becomes this thing of like, you know, even with, for me, like watching sports, like, you know, and being like a Raptors fan. And it's like, you know, in the playoffs, it's like, oh, oh I NBA I feel Twitter like, can be harsh. Yeah. yeah you know, it's, it's like it's, it's, it makes it not even fun anymore. You know, it's like people are like, you're trying to hurt our players. And, you know, like it's like it's like, no, it was out of bounds. No, it wasn't out of bounds. And it's like people are like threatening to like kill players and stuff like it's like it's, it's a grim world, you know, and it's like people. I just, I just think it's important for people to uh, disconnect as much as they can. Basically, is the point. Disconnect from the the uh, the social media, but uh, thankfully at at Folkfest we'll get a chance to actually connect and, and see you live. And uh, so, folks, uh, we're gonna we're gonna close the connect. This is from Parallel World, Caden's Weapon, Rolly Pemberton. Thanks for taking some time to talk. Hey, thanks for having me. Falling apart every time you're near, every time you're near Don't get close, see right through but it ain't quite clear Cut through the sheer, up and down on the roller coaster Ain't no fun without the fear Everyone's here but I'm alone Left my home, went to the doctor, said I had imposter syndrome Clicked to at ease, calling the morn, trapped in the screen, video drone Stared at myself in the stream, jumped in the water, killed my phone Oh no It is what it is, it ain't what it seems Life is but a dream, life is but a dream It is what it is, it ain't what it seems Life is but a dream, life is but a dream Stayed up late, scrolled by someone I used to date Hanging with someone that I hate, felt like bait, clicked anyway Switching the frame, hundred tabs, breaking news Crash like waves, crash my page, too much ads Forgot to save, attachment made Read something the other day, can't remember what it say Heard a song the other day, know the numbers, not the name Treating fame just like a game, higher scores, higher pay Higher up, on the poster, bigger size of your name what it seems life is but a dream life is but a dream yeah. it is what it is it ain't what it seems life is but a dream life is but a dream we forget the source then we believe the echoes that something you regret it gets so hard to let go harder to reflect all caught up in the web it's so hard to connect
I'm Michael Ells, and you've been listening to a special podcast spotlighting Cadence Weapon. We'll be performing on Saturday, July 9th at 11 p.m. at Big Blue at night at the Winnipeg Folk Festival. To hear more featured artists, visit umfm.com, and be sure to visit winnipegfolkfestival.ca to get tickets to this great event running July 7th through 10th at Birds Hill Park.